everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it's December 16th, it's 2020, and it's time for the Week 15 First Look Morning Grind Podcast. And I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? That was good up until a few seconds ago. I just had my first sip of my third cup of coffee, and it was hot, and I burnt my tongue. And that's 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 pretty much it for me right now. <laughs> that's unfortunate um nothing like burning your tongue with um hot coffee like solid so um man just saying it like week 15 already it's crazy like but anyway. yeah this year's almost over like the year 2020 is almost over with yeah um i will say so we're gonna do the main um slate like we always do on the podcast i'm gonna cover the two game um saturday slate on friday's podcast so if you're looking for that it'll be on friday's podcast so we're just gonna go through the main slate like we always do and um let's get started grant we're gonna jump right into it let's just we're, we're right into it tampa bay buccaneers atlanta falcons 50 and a half total tampa favored by six and a half in this game uh let's start with the tampa side of things uh what's standing out to you for the bucks Nothing really. I mean, honestly, so people don't seem to realize that Atlanta's defense is actually been good. I don't know how they have a 28 and a half team total here. Like it really doesn't make sense to me. Atlanta, I think in terms of giving up fantasy points, they're giving up the most to opposing quarterbacks so far this season, but last four weeks, last six weeks, they've been drastically different team. They were so bad earlier on the season. A lot of that was based on matchups. I mean, you look at the Seahawks game and the, Dallas game, I think that accounted for a significant portion of their points given up to opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers. So it's it's just like I don't under, if you're if you're in a legal state or if you sports bet at all, hit the under on this. It's not going to hit. Like I, I don't see how it hits. I don't think Tampa Bay does a whole lot here, and the the ball is just spread out so much with Godwin, with Edwin or Evans, with Brown, with Gronk. Like I know that. Uh, was his name? Ron Jones may not end up playing, but Atlanta's defense on the season versus running backs has been fantastic. They're currently ranked fourth in brush DVOA. Like there's still a chance that they just spread the ball around to whatever running back they've got on their roster. There's no guarantee that Fournette really does too much. I know he's cheap, but we've seen these running back tra- traps. I I just don't like anything for Tampa. I'm not going to argue with taking a shot on anyone on their offense. Obviously they could hit. Obviously there's a high Vegas implied team total. But if I'm going to go with anyone, it's probably going to be Evans if he ends up playing. And that that's really it. Yeah. Like <clears throat> the Ronald Jones, the Ronald Jones situation is somewhat interesting um, because like, if he doesn't play Fournette's 4,500, we've done a lot worse. Um, if like, if for some reason Fournette's inactive too, LaShawn McCoy's 4k, um, like, so there's some options there. I, I think it'd be interesting to see like what happens. I know it's a tough matchup, but at the price, um, it makes a little bit of sense. Um, but the passing game, they like, I don't know, man. They threw the ball 23 times last week. Like, and it's just if they get up in these games, which they probably will get up in this game, um, they have been content, not really like you know, throwing the ball a ton. So I think that if you are on the game side of this, Tampa gets up, you're probably not playing a ton from this game. If you think Atlanta gets up in this game, Evans or Godwin is fine. Uh, let's go to the Atlanta side of things here. 
you know, we look at Tampa and they've really, really struggled with wide receivers um, over the last couple of weeks. And they're allowing the most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last month. Um, so if Julio ends up missing again, Calvin Ridley's 8,200. Um, but Russell Gage had seven targets last week and he's 4,700. What are you looking at here for Atlanta? Yeah, I love the passing attack here. You mentioned it like Tampa Bay was so good earlier on the season on the defensive end, and they just haven't looked like the same team recently. They've given up the most points to opposing wide receivers over the last four weeks, second most to quarterbacks. Like, I really like this spot here for both Ridley and Gage. I think that they're both fantastic plays. Julio, it does not look like he's going to play this weekend from what we have. But again, it's Wednesday. This is an early look pod. give me much much hope that he is going to end up playing this week and so Ridley is absolutely the guy he's been fantastic like look at him the last four weeks hasn't had less than 14 points look at him all season he's had less than 14 points twice one was just a weird game where he was injured and the other one I think is a game he got injured during so Ridley is an absolutely fantastic option Gage like you said been getting a lot of targets I'm probably not going with Hurst I'm just kind of done playing him he is priced decently and so I'm not going to argue with playing him it's just you don't get a ton of upside out of him especially in recent weeks here to me this is a spot to target the passing game I'm not going with Gurley so it's going to go all to Ridley all to Gage maybe you can throw Z in there if he's playing but I don't think he is this weekend like it's just it's just a beautiful spot for them and people are going to assume with the lower total for Atlanta. I think Atlanta wins this game outright. Like I don't think Tampa Bay ends up winning. So I'm going with the passing game here for Atlanta. And I think that they end up crushing here. Fair enough. Uh, a lot of options to run it back with on the other side. Like if you're playing it that way too. So uh, Detroit lions, Tennessee Titans, no total in this game. We're waiting on the Matthew Stafford news. It doesn't sound like we're going to get that news until the weekend. Um, let's talk about this matchup in general here. Um, TJ Hawkinson coming off of an 11 target game. Marvin Jones had eight targets. Danny Amendola back with seven targets, but Deandre Swift, seven rushing attempts, five targets, uh, played 56% of the snaps. It could potentially be chase Daniel. Um, do you like anything here for Detroit? I mean, if Daniel plays, probably not like Swift would be my preferred option. Tennessee's defense has been average versus the rush. Like just not great. And Swift, I'm just always worried about his workload here. Um, this game doesn't look like it's going to be terribly close. If Stafford doesn't end up playing, the Detroit defense is terrible. The offense is probably going to struggle. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with Jones or Hawkinson, but I, I've this is mostly just a stay away spot for me from the Detroit side. Yeah, um, if it is Daniel. I don't mind Hawkinson at 5,200, um, you know, Chase Daniel check down. Could we could see a lot of targets for Hawkinson. So I don't hate that. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't know how much I really trust Chase Daniel in general. So um, I don't know how much I would play Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola, but Amendola maybe more than Marvin Jones, just because of like factoring in price and, you know, check down routes um, on the Tennessee side of things like Derrick Henry against one of the worst run defenses in the league. Um, but, you know, Ryan Tannehill against one of the worst pass defenses in the league as well. What are you looking at here for Tennessee? 
It's D Amber. Like he, he so did expensive like, though, man. He's so expensive, but I mean, look at every game positive game script he's had. Like anytime they're ahead, he's rushing the ball close to thirty times. Like that, that's the thing versus the worst rush defense in the league. Just the sheer amount of volume. Like I, I don't see many ways he doesn't end up with a touchdown here. Like I'm guessing his touchdown prop is probably going to be minus three forty in all reality here going up against the worst run defense in the league. I, I, if you don't play him, then you absolutely have to play Tannehill, AJ Brown, Corey Davis. Like it, it, there's just no other way around it. There's going to be points scored here. Detroit is terrible. Tennessee is rolling. Like I, I just, I, I'm going to play a lot of Derrick Henry, but any lineup I don't have Derrick Henry is probably going to have at least one of Corey Davis or AJ Brown because the only way that Henry doesn't end up getting there is if all the touchdowns get stolen by the wide receivers or if Smith plays, then I guess he can end up with a two touchdown game anytime. Yeah. What's, what's interesting here as far as like Derrick Henry goes, you almost need him to score two touchdowns here. And I'm not saying he can't, um he he definitely can score two touchdowns but you you really are gonna like need like if he goes 150 and one he doesn't make up for it with like catches out of the backfield so you're really gonna need that second touchdown um from derrick henry at this price point so he is in a great spot one of the best spots on the slate I, i don't think anybody will really argue that and like you know this is a guy that's rushing the ball 23 times a game this season so I do love the Corey Davis play in this one. Um, I think he's an excellent leverage play in this spot or AJ Brown, either one, Um, you know, AJ Brown's a little bit more expensive, so maybe he's a little bit lower owned, but I do think the passing game is an excellent leverage spot in this one because Detroit's just as bad defending the pass as they are the run. So plenty of opportunity here for the passing game. 49ers and Cowboys uh, 44 total here, San Francisco favored by three in this one. Um, listen, this is when we're, when we're looking at games on the slate, I I feel like this is one of those games that it's kind of already, the totals are already kind of going down in this one. And I feel like it potentially should be going the other way. Um, the San Francisco defense hasn't been playing great. The pace of play of this game should be really good for San Francisco. Grant, you're going to have to talk me off of liking the 49ers here. I, I don't think I can, um, but honestly, I'm, I'm kind of waiting. It doesn't look like Monster's going to play. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure – I have to wait and see who is likely to get the workload. But I think one of these 49ers running backs is going to crush here. Like, we know how bad Dallas has been versus the rush recently. They have shown a little bit of a bright spot recently, but that was just one game, and that was a weird game. It was against Cincinnati. Like, the 49ers are a better team than people realize, and they are going to run – all over the this Dallas defense. Like I'm fine with Mullins and I really like Ayuk. Like he's been fantastic. He's put up 20 in basically four straight. He's getting a boatload of targets here. You're right about the pace matchup. They aren't going at the same pace they have earlier on the season, but this is just a spot versus a terrible D with a pace up spot and a San Francisco team that has a fairly concentrated offense between Ayuk's and between the running backs. 
So wait to see what it looks like, who, what running back it looks like is going to do the work. I guess it's Jeff Wilson Jr. is the guy. And just play a bunch of the running game. Play Iukes, and it's that simple. I don't think I'm going to go with Nick Mullins. I don't think that they're going to end up passing the ball enough for him to really pay off. But I think that the running game should just go absolutely nuts here. I mean, I, I think there's worse options than Nick Mullins if you want to play him. Um, but I, I do think that he'll likely need a three-touchdown game to get there. So um, I love Ayuk. I, I think this is an amazing spot. Debo out for the season with the hamstring strain. Um, Bourne is also a little bit interesting here. Um, he's a guy that gets plenty of targets um, when Debo is off the field. So definitely going to be paying attention to Bourne at 4,100, but Ayuk at 6,300 is one of my favorite plays on the slate. The running back situation, it, it, I still feel like it's kind of murky. Um, assuming that like they're not going to use Telvin Coleman, I don't think, but like it'd be Wilson and McKinnon. It sounds like um, if Mozart doesn't play. So I think like if you had to pick out of the two, I think it would be Wilson, but like you're, you're still very careful with the whole situation. Like this is a team that uses their fullback a ton too. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, on the Dallas side of things, like if you're running a bet, if you're playing San Francisco and you're looking at this Dallas offense, you're like, man, I really don't want to play any of these guys. That's how we all feel. But I feel like there is still upside in taking shots on like Gallup and CD and Cooper. Um, if you're playing the San Francisco side of things. Yeah. I mean, my by far favorite play is Gallup, um, from the Dallas receiving core. I mean, only had six targets last week, but 11 the week before that, eight the week before that. This is not a great matchup, but like I, I have to assume that Gallup's price tag of 3.5K is not nearly what it should be, considering his potential upside. I think there's a spot where he goes nuts. CD has been getting less of a target share and less work in the offense in recent weeks. They're kind of just doing a different offense. I think focusing a little bit more on Zeke, but like I, I think that Gallup is an absolutely fantastic play. Cooper as price tag probably he can get there, and yes, it is at home, which is a big thing. Like we obviously know his massive home road splits. The, the entire time that he's been in Dallas, like playing in a dome, is a big, big upgrade. So I, I I'm fine with Cooper, but Gallup is by far my favorite play in this offense. Three point five K. In this spot, I think that he could go off for a huge game. And I know I say that most weeks and occasionally it pays off, but like this is really a spot where his price tag being so low on this slate, I where I want to play pay up for Derrick Henry, he's gonna be a staple in a lot of my lineups. Yeah, I think he's just too cheap. Um just too cheap. He's just too cheap. This is a guy with at least five targets in six straight games and he's 3,500 um and he has a game at over 20 so like the upside the ceiling is there uh for 3,500 so I like the Gallup call a lot um don't mind CD at 4,500 either I almost want Zeke to sit this game and that way we could play Tony Pollard um because it just seems like Ezekiel doesn't care at this point so um, Dalton Schultz, his targets have been trending in the wrong direction, even though he's been playing all the snaps. So it really is just these wide receivers for me when I'm looking at the Dallas side. Uh, Houston at Indianapolis. We got a 51 total here. Indianapolis favored by seven and a half. Um, what do you like here for the Texans? 
I mean, if Cooks ends up playing, then it's him. He's going to get a pretty big workload. I know last week was a weird week, but I just have to assume that Cooks is going to like do a lot in this offense. Coutier's price tags up to five three. If Cooks end up playing, I think that's a bit of a downgrade for him. He always has a little bit of upside, but I don't know if he's a guy I want to go with. Aikens is just, I mean, it it's infuriating like playing him every single week and then just not getting there, but he's 2.8 K there are worse things to do. Honestly, play him if you want, but there's always the chance where he ends up with a five point game. I'm probably going to do it regardless and I'm not happy about it, but it is what it is at this point And not really much you can do running game. I'm staying away from Duke Johnson, like just, done playing him overall in all likelihood he's 5k but he's just not going to get the workload they're probably going to be coming from behind most of this game i don't see him getting a ton of work so i'm, I'm just like it, it's mostly cooks for me on the houston side a 21.75 total just doesn't really scream you have to play any of these guys versus an indie defense that's pretty darn good the other thing is too when it comes to like Duke Johnson, David Johnson was just a close contact. Like he's back. Um he'll be activated from the COVID list. So uh, Okay, so I that think, just makes it real easy. Stay away from the running backs. Yeah, I was gonna say you just stay away from that whole situation, assuming that he gets activated, but like there was a report that came out earlier this morning that he's back in the building. So like yeah, well, he'll be back. So um yeah, Brandon Cooks is interesting. If Cooks doesn't play, Kuti and Hansen um are super interesting at their prices so um i stay away from akins i know he gets there every once in a while but for the most part i stay away then we go to the the colt side of things like my favorite plays last week was jonathan taylor and he crushed i will probably end up going back to well here grant i know the price tag is scary for a guy that plays you know 50 to 60 percent of the snaps but Houston is still allowing the most fantasy points. They're still one of the worst rush defenses in the league. This should be a game the Colts get up. This should be a game that Jonathan Taylor gets, you know, 20-plus touches and, and just pounds the rock against this team. Yeah, the price tag is tough to stomach here. But, I mean, Houston's run defense is so bad. Like, Jonathan Taylor, I have to assume that they're going to end up like, I know a snap share isn't great, but they're going to end up using them a lot. You look at the last three games, 16 touches, 22 touches, and 26 touches. Like, they are getting him involved in this offense. If they get out to a lead, which I expect them to do, then he's going – Taylor's going to end up with a pretty decent workload because they're going to be running him and not Hines in all likelihood later on in the game. For the receiving game, I mean, Hilton just keeps crushing. Like, yep. Touchdown in three straight. Like, I wish the target counts were higher, but it seems like Rivers is in, has a better connection with him. It's in a dome, which helps. So I, it's Hilton and it's Taylor for me. I don't really trust Philip Rivers. I don't really ever want to play him again. Just isn't going to give you a GPP winning score because they're likely to run the ball a lot. But Hilton seems to be doing a lot right now and seems to have a good connection with Rivers, which once Rivers gets a connection with the guy, and he ends up throwing the ball to them a lot. So matchup is great for both Taylor and Hilton, so I'm going to use a lot of them this weekend. Yeah, I think the the great thing as well is, like, this is a good secondary type of stack game. Um, a lot of different ways you can kind of secondary stack this game where you don't have to play the quarterbacks and you can still get 
quarterbacks in these juicy games that you know we're going to get to. Uh, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, 47 total here. Minnesota favored by three in this one. Uh, what do you like for the Bears? Uh, pretty much Allen Robinson, Montgomery. I mean, the they've been getting a huge workload. Montgomery was a weird game last week, and his price tag's a little bit tough. He had that 80-yard run and then really didn't do a ton after. But still, three straight games of over 20 points. He's been getting there. His price tag is high but it's it high enough like i don't know minnesota keeps, seems to keep every single game close so i expect this game to be moderately close but i'm either using alan robinson who is going to get targeted a ton by trubitsky in every single game he's averaged over 10 targets a game in the last five and so his price tag is up there but he has big touchdown equity he has big target equity like everything kind of points towards him being a great play so i probably going to do a lot of lineups with either Robinson or Montgomery. I think one of them ends up getting there and ends up crushing. It's just a spot where the game should stay close and you can kind of go off of game script. And this is a perfect spot to kind of another good secondary correlation spot where you can go Robinson and cook, or you can go Montgomery and Jefferson or Thielen. This is a, this is a huge game um, for the playoffs. Like this is a huge playoff game. Like the, both of these teams are fighting to make the playoffs. They're both six and seven in the NFC North. Um, huge game. Very, this should, this should be a very competitive game. Love Allen Robinson in this spot. Love Allen Robinson in the spot. I think David Montgomery will have to kind of see how the week goes. And if anything frees up value wise, um, he's right at that price point for me that it might be time to jump off. I've played him the last three weeks. Might be time to jump off. Um, Cole Komet, I talked about him a lot last week. Um, I still like Cole Komet a lot here at 3K. Like Jimmy Graham got the touchdown last week. That's fine. It happens. Uh, but this is still a guy that's playing way more snaps than Jimmy Graham right now. Seven target game against Houston. If this game is competitive, Cole Komet could easily have value here. So um, Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, the guys that I really like in this one. David Montgomery, like I said, very bubble type of play. And then on the Minnesota side of things, like Davin Cook's going to get his touches. Um, it really just ends up like if he gets in the end zone or not. I like Derrick Henry more than I like Davin Cook this week based on matchup. But I think this is a great spot to potentially look at Thielen, Jefferson, um, even like Irv Smith. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a – like pretty much every single week, I don't have a ton to dissect for the Vikings. We know exactly where – all the volume is going, and one of these guys is end up going off. Um, I do think Cook makes a decent pivot off of Derrick Henry. Like that, that's the main thing. There's going to be so much ownership on Henry. Everyone's going to see the matchup for Minnesota going up against the Bears, fifth-ranked DVOA defense versus the running back. But it really doesn't matter a ton for Dalvin Cook who can get there in any single game. They Chicago last time didn't end up working out, but this is a spot where like he just did well versus the Tampa Bay rush defense, which is one of the best in the league. So I don't really care about the matchup in this spot when you consider how much condensed ownership he's going to have on him. But again, it's the Minnesota Vikings every single week, Thielen, Jefferson or cooks. One of them is going to go off. So that's the way I play it every single week. I like all of them, even in a tough matchup. I think my favorite is Cook just because of the amount of ownership that he's going to have because Derrick Henry's on the slate and he's just $500 more. 
but Jefferson's had huge games. Thielen's had over 20 points three of the last four weeks. There's a spot where he could do it again. Jefferson could do it. So it, it, it's just a tough spot to figure out who you exactly want to go with. But I do like that Irv Smith Jr. call. Chicago's been bad versus the tight ends all season long, so there's a chance they end up shutting down a lot of the running game and a lot of the production from both Thielen and Jefferson. So Irv Smith Jr. could end up with a massive game on a slate where I'm like every other slate, I don't really like tight end too much. Yeah, I do. I do. A little worried about like um, how much like Tyler Calkin played last week, but I still think it's like Irv Smith when he's a hundred percent, it's going to, he's going to be the guy. So I, I feel like another week of practices and stuff, Irv Smith getting healthier. I think that we see the snaps way up for Irv Smith this week. Uh, Seahawks and the Washington football team, the Seahawks, um, 44 total here. Seahawks favored by five and a half. Uh, what do you like here for Seattle? I'm not really a huge fan of anything. Washington defense has been great so far this season. Last week was weird versus the Jets. Like, obviously, complete, complete and total blowout. This Washington defense has been better recently. They're mixing in a lot of Carlos Hyde to go along with Chris Carson. So, they're going to run the ball more. Like, I know last week was a bit of an aberration because of the huge lead. They ended up rushing the ball 30 times, but that was mostly a lot of trash time, just run the ball to run out the clock because they had such a drastic lead. But they are running the ball more now that they have both Carson and Hyde back. Pete Carroll, with his pass defense being drastically improved, is not passing the ball nearly as much as he was earlier on. And we'll look at Russell Wilson's numbers early on the season. Yes, he did have 43 pass stints versus the Giants. That was a game where they were trailing a significant portion of it. He's not going to pass the ball as much. Russell Wilson at his price tag is just tough to play. Metcalf or Lockett could go off for a massive game at any given point. But Metcalf is sitting there 8.6K, and he really has not paid off that price tag much in the last five games. Just one game of over 20 points in the last five. This isn't an easy matchup here. I expect them to run the ball because Washington's worse against the running running game than they are versus the pass. So I just don't see a lot on the Seattle side. Like I know they can go off for a massive game at any time, but I don't see Washington be able to put up a whole lot of points where most of the times where Russell Wilson, Metcalf, and Lockett have really produced – have been in very high scoring games earlier on the season where their pass defense was just giving up a ton. I don't see any way that if Alex Smith is in there or if Haskins is in there, that this team ends up putting up a lot of points. So I don't think Seattle has anything I really want here. The one guy that I would think about is actually Will Disley. Washington's biggest weakness is against the tight end and Disley like has a connection with Wilson. He's going to come in at no ownership had a touchdown last week, has five targets in the week before that. He'd be the one guy that I'd end up looking at in this spot, just strictly based on pricing and positional scarcity. Yeah, so I hate this game. I will yep. start by that. Um, see, I like Metcalf in this game, but not for 8,600. You know, he he and um, Kelsey are, like, fighting for, like, the wide receiver receiving yards of the season. I feel like they could feed him a couple extra targets because of that. But overall, like, I'm not going to pay $8,600 on a hunch. Um, Chris Carson is a tough matchup. Carlos Hyde's been getting some work. Um, DJ Dallas is back, too. Like, I don't know, man. I just I, – I, I can't do it. I think Penny's coming back soon, isn't he? I don't know. Like, 
I like Russ in the games that he has to be a little bit more mobile. And I, I just I don't see this game being close. Coming from someone that loved Washington um, last week, like I, I said on the show last week that I would take Washington to beat San Francisco the money line. So I I just like look, look at the Washington side of things. Like when you're looking at Washington, Seattle over the last month has allowed the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, they've allowed 13 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. They've struggled a little bit with running backs, but I you just look at this whole game and like outside of maybe playing McLaurin or Logan Thomas, what do you really like in this game? Like nothing. McKissick McKissick played. What did he play? Um, 66% of the snaps paid Barber played 50% of the snaps last week. Like I can't do it. Grant. There's nothing in this game that like screams. I have to play this game. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty much McLaurin and Logan Thomas. That, that, that's really it. McLaurin just because of his massive target share. Thomas just because of what he's been doing recently. But neither one have been – or McLaurin hasn't been fantastic in recent weeks. I get that it's tough matchups going up against San Francisco and Pittsburgh. But like you said, like Seattle's been very good versus the past. Dunbar and Adams and – I can't remember the last guy – have made a drastic difference to this past defense. They are, they've, it's still crazy to me that they've been the best team in the league versus opposing wide receivers in the last four weeks. And yet they are still giving up the most points to opposing wide receivers on the season. That's how bad they were at the beginning. And that's how good they've been recently. Like this team is drastically improved on the defense. They're going to run the ball more. It's not a great spot for any opposing quarterback. And this quarterback regardless of it's Smith or if it's Haskins, not really great. So I, I'm, it won't surprise me if the only ownership I really have in this game is tight ends. Yeah, uh, I get it. Like if you feel like Washington's going to get down in this game and McKissick is going to get um, like passing work, I guess, but like his price has gone up so much at 5,700 is – there, like he needs a touchdown and like eight catches to get there. And I'm not saying he won't, but that's that's what he's gonna need. Uh moving on. We got the Patriots and the Dolphins, 42 total. Miami favored by two in this game. Um, let's start with the Patriots side of things. Uh, what do you like here for New England? Pretty much never like anything for New England. Miami a little bit more of a pass funnel than they are a run funnel. Like their defense has been surprisingly good on the season. Patriots offense is fairly inept. Like I'm never going to argue with using Cam Newton as a one-off. Like he can get there with his rushing touchdown upside and his rushing upside, but really hasn't been great pretty much all season long. He can always end up when you have someone that it's like playing a running back. Like when you have someone that dependent on rushing, then you're not going to get there unless he ends up with a rushing touchdown. Pretty much if you're playing a running back at the QB position. And then from running back, like there is not really a whole lot to love here. I mean, Harris, Sonny Michelle, White, all playing like any one of them can end up with a big game. I just don't see the need to play any of them. In the receiving game, this game's a two-point spread. So I don't see a huge amount of volume for any of the wide receivers. 
because I don't think the I think the Patriots have a decent chance of winning this game, especially with all the injuries to Miami. Patriots take up a huge amount of time on the clock every single game, so there's not going to be a ton of plays on either side. Like, I, there's just nothing to love here. Like, nothing at all to love here. Yeah, like if you want to take shots on like Jacoby Myers or Bird, sure. Um, like Sonny Michelle's been involved in the in the running game too. Like. James White would be the running back if I'd play any of these guys. And Cam's looked awful. I don't know if I would even recommend it, but this is a guy that's rushing the ball 10 times a game at quarterback. So you have to at least consider him uh, for large field tournaments. On the Miami side of things, you kind of already you know talked about it. Devontae Parker, he's banged up. Um, Grant is week to week. There's a good chance he doesn't play. They've already ruled out Gasecki. He's out. Um, and, and like the running back situation – Gaskin, when he got placed on um, COVID list, like it was so close to the weekend that like we could pretty much rule him out. Um, you know, the NFL protocols anyway. So, like Ahmed might be back. Um, they activated um, Matt Breida from the COVID list. So, when you're looking at Miami, the thing that's kind of interesting here for Miami is Lynn Bowden. Um, he was heavily targeted they use him in the running game as well they actually drew up a couple plays for him to like throw the ball as well he's 3600 grant this is a guy if Devonte parker and grant miss he's gonna be on the field for 80 80 to 90 percent of the snaps at 3600 against a patriots defense that has definitely struggled this season even though their numbers don't look like they struggle because of the turnover margin but I, I like Lynn Bowden Jr. probably more than I should here. This is a, he played a hundred percent of the snaps last week. Yeah, no, it's probably not. It it isn't more than you probably should. I mean, we're getting a game where I get the time of possession is not going to be great for Miami, but every single wide receiver, if Parker ends up missing, we do not have a single receiving option. It'd be, be Mac Hollins and Lynn Bowden with a little bit of Malcolm Perry and Antonio Callaway. Yeah, I mean, it, it just – it is what it is. It's ugly. It's disgusting. But someone – like, someone's going to get there. I – like, Ahmed – I like, this is where you find value. Like, it looks like Gusecki's for sure out, but Parker probably not going to play and Grant probably not going to play. Volume's going to go somewhere. Like, the, it's just the rule – of how things go. A certain amount of plays are going to be made by Miami on the offensive end. A certain amount are going to be rushing plays and a certain amount are going to be passing plays. Just based purely on volume, one to two to three guys are going to get there for Miami. I'm not happy about it, and it's really going to be ugly, and this is not the matchup that I really want because of how New England just sways time of possession, but Someone's going to get there. Bowden's probably the best option. If Ahmed plays, then he's probably my favorite option. They generally tend to give one running back a massive workload every single time. It's not Gaskins. If it's not Ahmed, if it's not Burita, like it's always someone. So I think Ahmed's probably the obvious option. We'll wait and see how things go during the week. Wait and hear any news that comes up, but one of these guys is going to go off for a massive game and you're probably going to need them in your lineup. Yeah. Like they're just, they're so cheap. Like the tight end situation, Shaheen and Smythe, like they're going to probably 
split the snaps, I would guess, and they could split the targets really. So I don't really want that situation. But if Parker sits too, man, I think you could take shots on Bowden and Hollins. Um, they're going to be out there a ton. So I will probably, to my hatred of myself, end up with a Tua Bowden Hollins full stack just because I can play both Cook and Henry in the lineup. Yeah, and like if you do that, like you got to pick one of those New England wide receivers or James White. So, um, Jacksonville Jaguars, Baltimore Ravens, forty-seven total here. Baltimore favored by thirteen in this game. Um, I don't know if it's been announced who's going to start at quarterback, but I don't think it matters. I would guess it's going to be Minshew. Um, what if anything are we looking at when it comes to Jacksonville? I mean, it's it's really just James Robinson. We know he's going to get a massive workload in every single game. He hasn't had less than 20 carries more than, what, three times this entire season or less than 20 touches this entire season. Baltimore's run defense has been a little bit susceptible recently. I, I just think it, it – like, I don't trust anything in this passing game at all whether it's Minshew, whether it's Glennon. If it's Minshew, he tends to spread the ball around quite a bit. I get the price tags on a lot of these guys are low, but this is a 17 implied team total for Jacksonville. I don't really see anyone hitting value in the passing game. Robinson is the only guy I would go with, and it's strictly based on volume, but I don't know if I want to pay 7.1K for him, even though he's going to get enough to get there. He needs a touchdown pretty much in order to get there, and I don't they only have a projected two touchdowns in this entire game. Listen, I think you could do a lot worse than Cole and Chenault 4K and 3,800. Like, they're so cheap that if either one of them scores a touchdown and has a decent day receiving, like, they could get there. Um, you mentioned Robinson. I don't hate it. It's just – it's more of, like, 7,100. There's so many good priced running backs that are in that range this week. Um, on the Baltimore side of things, like – Nobody outside Lamar, like maybe Mark Andrews, but like, who are you really playing? Like, who do you really trust? Like the running back situation is a mess and the the best running back on the team is the quarterback. And then like Marquise Brown can't catch anything. Willie Sneed hit five targets. Mark Andrews is fine. He's super like, I guess he isn't super expensive, but like if you're not paying up for Kelsey, like you're going down. Um, and I don't know if Mark Andrews is necessary to end up, but I don't hate it. Yeah. I mean, Mark Andrews still getting a decent amount of targets. He's had five plus in six straight weeks. Like Hollywood Brown's had a touchdown in three straight, but I, I don't really want to use him. Jacksonville does have a horrible pass defense. So I'm not going to argue with using Lamar Jackson and stacking. Mars been rushing the ball a ton, obviously had that massive game, even though he had to go to the locker for a little bit to dump out, but he can get there. He can get a hundred rushing yards. The last two games averaging over a hundred rushing yards hadn't had less than 50 since Philly in week seven. So I'm not going to argue with playing Lamar. I'm not going to argue with stacking him up with someone, but he's been getting there and it really hasn't been too much on his arms, but I mean, the obvious targets to stack him up with are going to be Snead, I think is an actual sneaky guy with all the wide receiver value that we have on the slate. Snead always has big game upside against a terrible defense. It wouldn't surprise me at all. He's had five plus targets and three straight. He's in there 4.3 K. No one's really going to snack up, stack up Lamar with Snead, 
but there's always a chance that he has that two touchdown game to Snead, and that's the entirety of his passing work, but he probably gets it done on the ground too. Snead's probably my favorite for GPPs, but Andrews is probably my favorite for smaller field GPPs, but Lamar Jackson, not going to argue at all with playing him in any real format. Realistically for me, it's Lamar Jackson or it's J.K. Dobbins. And Mark Andrews, maybe. Like, if I was pairing Lamar Jackson with anybody, it would be like Mark Andrews. Um, My only issue with Baltimore in this game is, like, Jacksonville somewhat keeping up enough. Um, I think Dobbins is in a good spot the more I think about it. But, I don't know, we'll have to kind of see how it plays out. I think, you know, you could go Lamar, you could go Dobbins, you could go Andrews. You could play the wide receivers if you want. But, I don't know, I'll probably pass on the wide receivers. Uh, we move on to the four o'clock games. We got the Jets and the Rams, 44 total. Um, Rams favored by 17 and a half in this game. Is there anything here that you like for the Jets? No. Yes. No. I mean, Crowder might not play. So if you really want to, I mean, you can play Perriman. You can play Mims. Like, they're cheap. Rams' pass defense has been pretty good so far this season you're basically just hoping to get there strictly on volume because they're going to be down. They're going to be passing the ball, but they only have a 13.25 implied team total, which is just, it still might be too high. Like going up against the Rams D that's third in DVOA, like 13.25 points might be a too high of a projection for the jets, which is crazy to say, but they're going to be throwing the ball enough in all likelihood, even though they do have propensities just run the ball later on the game, no matter how much they are down. But if you need to save some money and Crowder's out, then Perryman and Mims aren't the worst options in the world, but I, I really don't want to play any Jets. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, there is just a report for what it, for what it's worth. Uh, Detroit center. Um, suffered a fractured throat last week and played through it i know played through it dude finish the game (laughs) oh yeah what a badass um as far as the jets go i don't want to play any of these guys i think all the miami wide receivers are better than mims and perryman and crowder and barrios and all those guys i just this is a game that they're going to trail a ton but like the rams are going to control the ball they're going to run the ball um cam Akers. Yeah, I have a feeling that this could be the week where McVeigh just got, decides to just screw us again, getting up a lot, like probably mixing in a little bit of Henderson in there. But it's just 30 implied team total. You have to have interest in some part of this game. Like the Jets are terrible. Their pass defense is terrible. The rush defense is just all right. But Cam Akers has looked fantastic. In recent weeks, we know that this kid had a whole bunch of talent, and now they're finally deciding to use him. I don't know what McVay's been thinking all season, but yeah, Cam Akers has been look has looked great. He's been getting the volume. He's probably going to get the volume here. His price tag isn't too high if he keeps getting this volume. If you want to, you can use Cup or Woods in the passing game. Like I'm not going to be surprised if earlier on in the game, Goff ends up tossing the ball to them quite a bit. We've seen Cup end up with eight, nine targets in the first half multiple times we've seen woods get targeted heavily in recent weeks but this is there's just too many variables in this game here where it could go anyway i'm gonna sprinkle in cup woods and acres in my lineup i'm not using any golf at all 
Like, I don't see any real need to do that. But all these guys are viable. Yeah, I think I think last week is a perfect example of what we could potentially see from Akers here. They were up in that New England game, and they just let him pound the rock. Like, he ran the ball 29 times. So, hopefully that's the case. Um, I don't ever hate Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. I just don't know how much they're going to end up throwing the ball in this one. That's like the biggest concern, I think, for everybody when you're looking at this matchup. So uh, the Eagles and the Cardinals, 49 total here. Arizona favored by a six. Uh, what do you like here for the Eagles? I mean, we clearly see that Hertz has a bunch of rushing upside going up against Arizona. It's going to be played in a dome. He's 5.9K. Like, you have to like Hertz. Like I, I was, I I'll, I'll take my L, Grant. I was, I was very wrong on him last week. I mean, it's fine. He got the hundred yard rushing bonus, but like, it kind of made sense going up against the one of the best defenses in the league. Like, we didn't really expect him to be this good and to rush this month to the game. We knew they had some legs, and he knew they can do a lot on the ground, but we did not expect him to get the hundred yard rushing bonus. Now he's going up against Arizona. Arizona's defense is worse than New Orleans, and they're playing in a dome here. I like Hurts. It's just figuring out who to pair him with. I really don't know who to go with. Like, play him by himself. Yeah, yeah, you can play him naked. He's definitely cheap enough where he can end up getting there just on his legs. But so many of his receiving options are so cheap. I mean, both Goddard and Hurts are under 4K. All his wide receivers are under 4K outside of Rager. Like, you can even use Miles Sanders if you want. He has big play upside. He has multiple touchdown upside. We saw last week the price tag is the problem because he's in that 7K range where we have a lot of other guys. I don't hate it as a potential leverage play to play him because I don't expect a lot of people to be on him. But this is one of the, this is the best pace-up matchup on the board, and they are playing in a dome. So – I don't know exactly where I'm going to go with it at this point. All I know is I want to play Hurts for the price savings so I could pay it for two premium running backs or some premium wide receivers or stack up this KC game. But, like, someone is likely to go off in this matchup here, and I'm going to take bits and pieces all over the place. And I have no problem with stacking up Hurts with one of his wide receiver options or one of his tight end options just because of the price tag. Yeah, I think – I don't know. I think he's probably a guy that I play by himself. Um, I don't hate Miles Sanders as a pivot off of Hertz. I think a lot of people are going to play Hertz at this price. Miles Sanders, 6,900. He could break off one or two big runs. Um, the most targets he's had since week three last week with Hertz at quarterback. So maybe we see, um, or week 11, I, I forgot he had five targets in week 11. Well, sketches he's had since week three. Um, so we could potentially see Sanders, um, you know, break the slate and hurts, you know, maybe you pair those two guys together to be very different. I don't know. I hate paying, pairing a, a running back with a, with a running back or the quarterback, but they're both technically running back. So who knows? Um, on the Arizona side of things, like Kyler Murray's had some really tough matchups here over the last month. Um, you know, the Giants defense is no joke. The Rams defense is good. Uh, the Seahawks defense has been playing great. Um, so like this is one of the better matchups he's had since like week nine against Miami, week six against Dallas, maybe. Like, so this could be a spot that Kyler Murray has a really big game, and you can run back Hertz with like DeAndre Hopkins. I think Hopkins is in for a big week this week. 
Yeah, no, right there with you. Murray, like, he was fantastic for such a long stretch at the beginning of the season. He didn't have less than 24 points the first nine weeks of the season, eight weeks of the season, whatever it was. And then he kind of got injured. Like, that's what it looked like. His rushing attempts went down drastically. Like, he would put up five rushing attempts each week. Now it looks like he's a little bit more healthy. Rushed the ball 13 times last week against the Giants, who are a bit of an underrated defense. Now he's going up against... Philly, 22nd ranked in SDVOA. Like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are fantastic plays here. Like they had, Drake has been getting a lot of the rushing touchdowns recently. So I think that's more just volatility than it is anything and had to do a lot more with Murray being injured. I expect a lot more on this week. I don't expect him to be very heavily owned. I'm going to use a decent amount of him and yeah, pairing him up with in all likelihood Hopkins. But even though Kirk hasn't been great in recent weeks, he had that long string of games where he was putting up 20 points every single game. Now it looks like Murray's a little bit healthier. I don't mind Kirk as a GBP option. Like he does have upside and he's just had tough matchups going up against Seattle, going up against the Patriots, going up against the Rams, going up against the Giants. Like prior to that and worse matchups, he ended up with a lot of points. So I think Kirk could be in for a decent week. I don't mind pairing him up with Murray. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, man, I, I gosh, man, I, Christian Kirk has cost me so much money this year. I've had so many good teams with him just like fail because he just hasn't had that like big monster game. I just, I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna stop playing him at this point. So, might as well yeah, keep I mean, going. at that price tag, four point three k. You. Well, what's crazy here too is like DeAndre Hopkins is gonna get so much one on one coverage in this game because they shadow with uh, Darius Slay. But Darius Slay isn't as good as he used to be. And DeAndre Hopkins could just – he could go for 200 yards in this game. Like, I, I don't even think that's crazy. Like, if they one-on-one him this whole game and they shadow him this whole matchup with uh, Slay, it's just – I just – man, it could be it could be a rough one uh, for this defense. And DeAndre Hopkins could just have a monster game. So, uh, definitely something to, you know, think about. Um we finished it out, Grant, with the Chiefs and the Saints. I think this is a game a lot of people are excited for this weekend. 51 and a half total, Kansas City favored by three. I know the Saints defense is good, but so is Patrick Mahomes. Um, so where do you lean on this one? Uh, what do you like here for the Chiefs? Everything. I mean, Kelsey is on pace to set the receiving record, as has been shown all over Twitter all week long. Um, but Kelsey been getting 10-plus targets in every single matchup. Hill been getting a ton of targets in every single matchup. Probably should have had a touchdown the other week versus Denver, in which case he would have had touchdowns in eight straight games. Like, he's getting peppered with targets all over the place. I get that the Saints' defense is good, but they obviously just lost to um, what's the Eagles last week. They can give up points in any given matchup. We've seen it every single year. They've had one of the better defenses in the league, but they've always had one of those games where there was two years ago going up against the, what was it, 49ers. Like, we've seen it multiple times throughout each season. This is Patrick Mahomes. This is Patrick Mahomes in a dome. They're passing at one of the highest rates in the league. This is a game where it's going to be close with Patrick Mahomes. Play Patrick Mahomes. Play Kelsey. Play Tyreek Hill. It's, it's that simple. They're probably going to pass the ball 40 times in this matchup, even though Taysom Hill is probably going to run the ball a lot and they're going to run the ball a lot going up against this Kansas City defense. I don't care. Play Mahomes, play Kelsey, play Hill. We, the offense is fairly 
fairly funneled to those guys and they're all expensive. But as we've talked about this entire podcast, there's going to be some value on the slate somewhere. So it's not going to be terribly hard to fit them in. Yeah, there's so much value, man. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, like sign me up like every, every week that the Chiefs are going to be in competitive games. I just I go way overweight on the Chiefs like and this game is going to be competitive. Um, let's go to the Saints side of things like the Chiefs defense has been really solid here this season. Um, like both of these defenses have been solid, but this is two teams where like they can put up points on good defenses. What are your thoughts when it comes to the Saints? I mean, I like Taysom Hill. I like Michael Thomas. Taysom Hill is going to run the ball a decent amount going up against this Kansas City defense. Kansas City has been a slightly above average in, against the pass, but Michael Thomas is in a dome here since Taysom Hill's taken over. Outside of that Denver game, he's averaging 10 targets a game. Like, he's sitting there at 7.2K. I know that he hasn't had a touchdown yet. That's probably going to change in a spot where they're going to have to score a decent amount of points here going up against the Chiefs. Like, Michael Thomas is a fantastic play this week for GBPs. I don't know how many people are going to end up using him just because he hasn't gotten there for points so far since Taysom Hill has taken over. He hasn't gotten there in terms of points this entire season long. I think people might be a little bit worn out playing him, but I really like him in this spot. I think there's going to be a lot of plays by New Orleans. I think they're going to have to pass the ball later on in the game. So Taysom Hill, Michael Thomas, I don't think I'm going with Kamara. Like, he's just so dependent on pass game work at this price tag. Like, he's very talented. He can get touchdowns. He can absolutely get you there. But I I don't see him. Like, I know they got 10 targets last week, but I don't see that entirely continuing. I think that it's more of a Michael Thomas game. I'm focusing on Taysom Hill and Michael Thomas. I will say – that was one of the closer games they've played some t- since Taysom Hill has taken over, and he did. That was the the game he finally had some targets. So, I don't think Alvin Kamara is the worst tournament play at seventy four hundred if you're not playing Taysom Hill. So, like if you're playing Patrick Mahomes with like Tyreek and you're wanting to run it back and you don't want to get all Michael Thomas, I think Alvin Kamara makes sense in that scenario. So, I don't hate Kamara, and I've been one that's been very like critical on him, but I do think that. Last week showed us in a close game they're willing to target him more out of the backfield. So, um, yeah, really Michael Thomas, Kamara, Hill for me. Um, I still think Taysom's probably a little too cheap for the rushing upside here. Like, we're playing some rushing quarterbacks this week, that's for sure. Like, we're looking at Taysom Hill. We're looking at Hurts. Um, we're even potentially looking at, like, Cam Newton. We talked about him. Like, if you're – or in Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So, like – we're, we're looking at some running quarterbacks this week, even like Kyler. So uh, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Give me a quarterback. That's going to throw the ball this week. Who's going to throw for 300 plus yards. That one's I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. I like that. All to the DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to have 350. Well, we're playing Kirk. So better be a little bit Tim too. Um, man, this one's always this one's always tough. Um, give me just to be different. Give me Ryan Tannehill. They stopped Derrick Henry just enough that Tannehill goes off. Um, lone running back for a touchdown. 
You think Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be low owned? Not if Mozart sits. Yeah, it's going to be low owned. Acres won't be low owned. Jonathan Taylor probably won't be low owned. His price might make him low owned. Yeah, this one's a tough one. I'm going to go with Miles Sanders. I like that one. <clears throat> if everybody's playing Hurts, I don't think a lot of people will play Sanders. So um, definitely don't hate that one. Um, I was just, like sitting here trying to figure it out too. It's really hard to like pinpoint this question on Wednesday. Um, give me Alvin Kamara. I don't think he'll be popular in that range. Uh, give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown. It hasn't happened yet, but Michael Thomas, Taysom Hill. All right. We both like that one. Um, give me Rivers and Hilton. You still and then, um, use next. Give me a wide receiver for eight plus targets. I'm going Ayuks. You took my guy. Um, well, you took Hilton from me. Well, it was a different question. You could have said Hilton. Um, give me Bowden. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, tight end for a touchdown. Who do you got? I'm going Will Disley. Disley. I'm going to say the same guy I said last week, but he's going to get in the end zone this week. Give me Cole Komet. Uh Defense for 10-plus points. I'm trying to pull up pricing because I don't want to be obvious and say the Rams. Yeah, don't take the Rams. <laughs> or or the Ravens. Um, I guess Seahawks. Oh, I like that one, man. I like that one. I mean, hopefully Haskins ends up starting. That's pretty much a lock. Well, they, uh, there was a report that came out as we were recording that Smith is optimistic about playing this weekend. Um, Let's see, man. Give me the Atlanta Falcons against Tampa. Why not? Always like finding one of those cheap defenses. And I think when I'm looking at it, like I think that's the the cheap defense I'm probably going to end up on. So I'll I'll hope for ten points from Atlanta. So, uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I'm just I'm ready for basketball season too. Yes, um, we got some podcast scheduled for basketball season. We got the Roto Grinders Premium here. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, you can get now. You can, if you're not a subscriber, you can get individual seasons um, or get every sport with the combo package outside of NASCAR. Uh, that way, if you want the combo package, you can get NFL, NBA, uh, esports, MMA, all that stuff, um, except for NASCAR. And then, if you just want one single sport, you can buy the single sports now here with Premium. So uh, they changed that up a little bit. So you can check that out. Uh, That's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some college football for Friday. And then on Friday, we'll be talking about the Saturday NFL games. So, Grant, it's always fun. Good luck in your contest, everyone. We'll see you again next week. See you, kids.